I'm Mary Osborne. I'm Kathy Shagrin. And I'm Stacia Matten. Thanks for listening to this episode of Prairie Tales, a podcast that tells the story of our prairie home in Warren County, Illinois. Prairie Tales is brought to you by the Buchanan Center for the Arts as part of its ongoing mission to promote the arts in our region. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode of Prairie Tales. Hello, I'm Kathy Shagrin. For this month's edition of Prairie Tales, I am so pleased to be spending time with Lynn Daw, who is probably well known to our Prairie Tale audience. Lynn wears several hats at Monmouth College, but I believe you could say that her time and energies center around discovery, preservation, and a love of history. Lynn, do you think that's an accurate description of what you spend your time doing? Thank you. That's perfect, (laughs) especially the discovery part. I love that. Mm -hmm. Surprises, gems that you don't know about. So before we get into your work, Mm -hmm. if you wouldn't mind, uh, we'd like to know a little bit about you, um, maybe where you grew up, your college experience, and then maybe what brought you here to town. Um, Not too far away. I was born and raised in Burlington, so... I'm an Iowa girl, still. Yeah, yeah, um, um, my whole family was there. um, And then I went to college at the University of Iowa, Mm -hmm. um, both for an undergrad in history and art history, and um, then my master's in library science. Um, Then I got my first job in Council Bluffs, Iowa, right across the river from Omaha. Yes. And that's where I met my husband. Okay. Who many people know, uh, Brian Daw, the violin maker, slash pilot, slash alderman, slash handyman. Uh, He's kind of a renaissance (laughs) man, too. Yeah, he is, for sure. Um, He amazes me. Um, And then we went um, from the Omaha area to Salt Lake City because he um, was... um, going to violin making school. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, I was seven years, we were out there for seven years. I was um, at the um, Marriott Library at the University of Utah. Um, and then uh, we were back home mm-hmm. one a summer because we were staying with my folks and going to um, Steamboat Days yes. in Burlington. Yes. Um, my son was about uh, 18 months old and staying with grandma and grandpa and we'd go down to steamboat days with my sister and brother-in-law every evening and just, you know, music and just spending time with the family at home and, um, and then having the little one, uh, I just thought, wow, is there any way we can kind of get back to this Mm -hmm. area? Um, and went back to Salt Lake and saw the job announcement for Mama College. And I went, oh, yeah, Mama College. So how (laughs) long have you been back? um, I just, about two or three weeks ago, I celebrated um, my 25th year, my 25th anniversary of the first day I started here at the college. Yeah. So when you started here, was this library? I'm sorry, I don't know this information. No. Was the the library here or did this get built uh, once you were here? No, this was built, this building was built in 1970. Okay. Yeah. But right after I got here, very soon after I got here, um, yeah, maybe a year or two, um, we did a major renovation. Um, So... 
Yeah, when you said that, when we first met, you said, what a beautiful building. Yes. It's like, yes. yes. And then I always think, yes, it still is. <laughs> yes. Well, you know, when I was in school, I spent a lot of time at the uh, Malpass Library at WIU, okay. which is mm -hmm. a beautiful, beautiful library as well. There's just something about a library that just, I don't know, it just draws me. But yeah, draws I know a lot of people. what you mean. <laughs> so, okay, so mm -hmm. before we get into, um, I want to talk in a minute about what it means to be an archivist. But I was curious because you... You wear a lot of hats. You yeah. wear several hats here at the college. I, I know that you're an adjunct professor. Mm -hmm. You are an archivist. You work mm -hmm. here at the library. Mm -hmm. Is there one of those things that you consider yourself more than the others, or is it all? Um, do you identify with one more than the other? I, you know, I don't. Maybe it's me trying to be a Renaissance person. Woman. Yes. <laughs> um, I think one just kind of folds into the other, um, for sure. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, starting off being a librarian and, and there's so much, there's so many hats a librarian can wear. Right. Um, and I kind of centered, um, my Geiger counter went to more of the organization, the back room, the cataloging, mm -hmm. um, that type of thing. And then when I was able to even move from a big university, well, first of all, from a public, small public library to right. a big university in Salt Lake, and then to a smaller liberal arts institution, um, you know, I was able to, there's similarities there with what I was doing in terms of cataloging and, mm -hmm. and the arrangement and organization of collections. Um, it sounds so like you really love what you do. I do. And Maybe and isn't too that great? much. I mean, like yeah. you know, maybe like my husband will say, "You're way too organized," or that type of thing. But um, I just think it's the key to happiness for me, anyway. Mm -hmm. um, and so when the archives opportunity arose, um, it was just kind of a nice step, given my history, my background in history. Yes. So and then um, with that, um, kind of came. Um, the adjunct um, instructor professor. And we'll so, talk a little bit okay, more about okay. that later. Mm -hmm, we mm -hmm. will. So one thing just so, kind of folded into it, another, and that's yes. what I love. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, Lynn, what does it mean to be an archivist? And am I saying that right? Archivist, archivist. Archivist, mm -hmm. yes. Yeah, both her, are, as long as you don't say anarchist. No, that's not, that would no, be good. No, that's something kind of different. Right. Maybe. What does anyway. it mean to be... For me, it's just, I was thinking about this. It's just, I just love to take care of things. You know, I remember, even before I was really studying history, I went to Europe on a vacation with a girlfriend of mine and her mom and her grandma. It was just a fun girl's vacation. And I remember just thinking, over. we went to Europe, and just being able to get that close to that, history, that older history, yes, um, which really opened my eyes to history here, which, you know, wait a minute, there's some pretty old history here. Mm -hmm. um, thinking about growing up in Burlington and being close to like the Toolsboro Mounds and yes. all the, the Native American sites around and that type of thing. But I just remember thinking, I can actually go there and see it and even touch it. There is um, something about so being close to history, about touching something that's real, looking at something absolutely. that's real. Yeah, just that physical contact. Right. Um, and I think lots of times people think that an archives is a room in the dark that's locked up and put away. And yes, there are reasons why we have to do that. Mm -hmm. And they're not, we you know, that we go in and look at them and all that type of thing. Um, but 
but if I'm doing my job right as an archivist, I'm providing that discovery, maybe in another way, so that we can get to those things and bring them out and use them. Mm-hmm. It's all about using things. Yes. We don't just lock them up. It's it's a living history. Exactly. It's a living exactly. history. Yeah, that, I'm glad you said that, that it's not, because I do think that's probably a misconception that people have about, you think of archiving something, you put it away for preservation, and but that's not what it's for. How would we ever learn about something if we couldn't if look we and see and touch it and read experience it? Experience it. Right. And, and that's been an issue in, you know, in the last, what, 20 years with digitizing so many things. And a lot of people think, oh, we'll just digitize it. Mm-hmm. Well, we do, but we don't digitize everything. Um, and even if we do digitize, we don't, we don't digitize it just to throw the original away. There's still value to that touching and experiencing the original thing, especially for historians. But you see the power in that for mm-hmm. people who are, just want to look at something. What kind of archives are held here at the library? Um, so Monmouth College Archives. So anything printed, uh, published, if you want to use that term, um, created um, by the college in some form or another. And is it open to the public to see these things? Um, so the room itself is not open to the public, mm-hmm. but we uh, they are in our catalog. We can discover them. People can, you know, um, ask me. I work very closely with Jeff Franken, yes. our college historian yes. and local historian. Um, so um, actually, I just got an email this morning from a student who wants to do um, a little history on the Mama College Band, and they emailed me and Jeff. So Jeff and I, well, I'll probably talk to Jeff, and Jeff mm-hmm. will probably talk to me, and, and one way or another. But I will research what's in there or try to find what's in there, bring it out, set up an appointment. They come in and talk to me and, and get to, to use the things. Did you know from when you were a, a young person, a, a child even, that this is something that you were drawn to? Or did you, was it a process as an older teenager? Yes and yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, so... Yeah, I got because that's a life passion. I think when when it starts as a as a young person, as a child, even I got a um, date stamp and an ink pad for like my fifth birthday. That's wonderful. I remember playing library, you know, <laughs> dress up and oh no, let's play library. I kind of would have um, been into that, yeah, because I still have some of my children's books. Mm-hmm. Um, that I made little date do slips in the back, stuck stuck them on with masking tape, which is horrible preservation <laughs> issues. Um, and I used my little date stamp. I can close my eyes and be in my folks' bedroom, and my little books were all stacked up on my mom and dad's bed because that was my desk, and uh-huh. and my friends would come in and we'd check books out. <laughs> I know it's bizarre. I don't think it's bizarre <laughs> at all. I I knew at a young age, pretty young age, I wanted to study theater. I mean, I mm-hmm. went in as a declared major. I don't think that's, I think it's wonderful to have that, what in you, that you just are so drawn to that, that you just have to be a part of it. Yeah, I just, and that, you know, information, even if it's not historical information, you know, just yeah. getting people that need, which has been fascinating in the course of my career over huh, almost 40 years now, um, because I graduated from library school in the mid '80s, mm-hmm. and think about the way information has changed since then. You know, um, do you think information has changed for the better? I think um, 
thinking more of the access to information. Yeah. 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 I mean, I, we were sitting here in my class the other day and, you know, we'll con- we get involved in these conversations and somebody thinks of something and, you know, we don't have to run downstairs and get the encyclopedia anymore. Right. One of the, the kids in the just class just called it up it out. on Google yeah. and, right. and like, oh, good. That was, and that became part of the contribution to the, to the conversation. Yes. Um, so. Um, you mentioned that you're working, you're going to be working on the, um, the marching band. What else are you working on right now in terms of, of archiving or? Big projects right now, a um, little bit on hold because there's always a lot going on in the fall. But I do have, um, the way my classes are structured, um, I should have um, some student help next spring. So I kind of like, I'm always trying to get students involved, right? Because that's all part of the, the teaching right. and learning experience. And it just helps me. <laughs> do you actually um, have a class in archiving? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. So we have, actually I have three um, progressive courses. Um, but my big project, I think, for next semester um, is where we should finish it up some organization to our photograph collection and then actually start digitizing them with hopefully um, then the next step after that is getting them up into some sort of online system mm-hmm. um, where people can just see them online. So. I can't imagine how many people listening to the show, myself included, have those that particular personal project. Oh, absolutely. Because, because photo collection has changed so much now with what we can do um, and how you store pictures. And, and retrieve them and, yes. and all that type of thing. Yeah, and the fact that we have so many more pictures now, right? right? Because you, you can just sit there and take right. them all and right. do you really go back through them and delete those ones where, you know, you don't have your thumb sticking out in front of them anymore yeah. like you used to when you right. took pictures with the camera. So, um, yeah, and that whole thing fascinates me. How to, indivi- you know, not even in a sense of, of an organized archive, how do people individually um, organize their things like that? What mm-hmm. are they bringing to it right. when they go about organizing? So when you're not archiving here at the library, what what do you uh, involved in? Um, uh, right now, I'm, we're building a new website. Never done that before. <laughs> that's a hat I've never worn before. Um, so that's kind of interesting because, again, I like the way I'm kind of through the back door. How is it organized mm-hmm. and um, that type of thing? Um, Will it involve online borrowing um, or we'll just online looking? Look, that would be very or access. Helpful. Access, right? right. We have to. So it's not just a website that says, "Hey, here's the library," but right. we have to. We have to be able to, um, you know, have students get into our databases of the actual tools that we use that they need for their research and those types of things. So, mm-hmm. so it's involving a lot of um, um, authentication protocols and you know passwords and, and those types of things. So I'm learning lots of new stuff on that. Awesome. I'm our systems administrator, so um, the the computer system that we kind of, that kind of um, checks books out to people or mm-hmm. catalogs books, tells you where things are. Um, I work on that. That's kind of decreasing a little bit. We came up on a whole new system uh, right smack during the middle of COVID. Um, and that system is actually one that is shared by 93 libraries in the state of Illinois. So we have a consortial system that we can borrow books from each other. Oh, from. that's wonderful. So we all kind of use the same software. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was um, a nice big learning curve. And even after, oh, what's it been now? Two, over two years, mm-hmm. there's still some yes. things we're discovering about that system. Mm-hmm. So um, so that's kind of, ebb, there's the ebb and flow of all that type of thing. Um, 
what else? I'm always covering a desk and helping out with um, reference and so forth. I'm teaching I have my class this fall. Um, I'm sure there's a million other things I'm forgetting about. Well, in a minute, I want to ask you about your work in uh, uh, teaching, mm -hmm, teaching mm -hmm. history. But before we move on to mm -hmm. that, I did want to ask you a question that if you have um, in your past or even here at Monmouth College, any projects that you look back on and you think that was just one of the neatest opportunities that I've had or something that was meaningful to you in your work that you really enjoyed working on? Uh, I kind of have two big things, and they're big. They're big, like uh -huh. kind of meta big. I'm into that. <laughs> um, because I think I can get a little too wrapped up in being too anal about organizing, so I try to back up and think, okay, where's that really gone, and mm -hmm. where's that? Um, one of the biggest, coolest projects I had, especially being new here to campus, um, was the renovation of this building. Because, again, it really made you kind of back up and take a look at that bigger picture mm -hmm. in terms of how are people going to find things, where do we actually physically need to put things, what things need to go next to each other, what else can we accommodate from campus. Mm -hmm. Because this building isn't just the library. Um, it's a lot of other things. It's well, a, we were it's just a, talking about your art gallery. Right, right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And we keep them up here, but I think sometimes people miss them. But, yeah, yeah. but oh, totally open to... Um, the public. Um, we have um, a coffee shop and we have a really nice patio, just kind of nice yes. social spaces. Um, and we have a lot of uh, campus services in this building as well. Our registrars here, um, our career services, our student success offices here. And um, it's not like we try to stick them in the basement and forget about them, but all of our computer people are here, our IT departments here in this building too. So which is great to have them so close because mm -hmm. you know when you got a problem, when you got a They're computer right problem, yeah, it's a they problem. Are right they here. are right, right here, right um, So that was really interesting. Plus, just just kind of the design and the flow, mm -hmm. the the library as a facility. I love facilities. I love you know. I love, that's why I like to sit in an airport and watch how it works, yeah. or you know, baseball um, stadium or something like that. I just love that kind of thing. Um, and I think the other big thing, and here's where the mammoth pipes will probably start in the background, and I might get a little cherry-eyed. And I really didn't think about this until last Saturday, which was homecoming. Yes. And I had to work. We were open for four hours. Gosh darn it, it was a beautiful day, and I had to work. But yeah. um, I had been working with some alum on a, on a display um, for their class reunion, and that was great. But I was just kind of sitting there thinking about, okay, what am I going to do for the next hour until we close? And I looked up, and there's one of my students, one of my very first archive students. And um, I actually didn't even see her. I saw her husband first, who's a, um, an alum as well. And I thought, where is she? Where is she? Um, and she pops her head around and comes running back and gives me a big hug. And, um, yeah, she was, I think, in my first archives class that I taught and um, she's a librarian up in Rock Island now the um, public library and she came looking for you um, and obviously she's like yeah we've and she, it's almost every year at homecoming she oh. comes back and um, and just to see um, you know that she's growing not only personally but in her career and you know she didn't necessarily pick well she kind of started off with archives but then she went to the library and she went to a totally different type of library and um, she got a promotion last year so it was like kind of neat to see her kind of 
you know, poke her along on that, that type of thing. But, um, yeah, and I've had several um, over the years. Not a lot, but, you know, <laughs> that's what it's all about for sure. So, um, In a minute we'll talk a little bit more about uh, your history. But I don't know if uh, our listeners realize you and your husband are in a, in a um, fl- flying club. Yes. We're mm-hmm. in a flying club, are in a flying, are in flying, are in a flying club. club. Yep, it's still there. <laughs> yes, it is. And, and it's been wonderful to see that come back somewhat. And uh, that when we had the fire here, mm-hmm. that you mm-hmm. two lost a plane, yes. mm-hmm. and that you then did some work for the airport. Um, and I was wondering if you would just share a little bit about um, what you did. I mean, I, a lot of people know about the fire. They, mm-hmm. they know what happened, but there's been some, some work there in preservation. Yeah. Do you mind talking about um, that? What, what the hardest part is that there wasn't a lot I could do. No. Yeah. Um, of course, the minute I got out to the airport that, I believe it was a Friday morning, it was still dark. It was late October. I don't even know how long ago it was now. Two, three, four years ago. Um, I did, it was all I was thinking about. Um, I was pretty much, by the time we got out on um, North 11th, even before we crossed 34, I was pretty much, yeah, the plane's gone. I am just know the plane's gone. Um, you know, and seeing the explosions and so forth. And then I was just like, ooh, what can we do with the dock? Because it always amazes me what can survive, um, especially when you think about just things like paper, paper. and photographs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and was that airport the oldest airport in the state? It's the oldest airport in continuous operation. Continuous operation. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Thanks. Now, the building itself wasn't necessarily all yes. that old. but um, And the flying club has been around for... Uh, quite a while, I'm going to miss say that, at least 50 years, if not more. Mm-hmm. Um, but then there were other renditions of it before that. Um, but I remember thinking, you know, just keeping an eye on the flames and the water yeah. <laughs> and all those types of things and just itching um, to get in there. But what was interesting was... You know, it's all the things you learn in disaster planning was going, were going through my head. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've been to so many workshops on all that type of thing and how you can plan and plan and plan and plan until it really happens. Then you got to deal with it. Um, so, and then just, you know, talking to um, the firemen afterwards and, you know, when can we actually get in and start to, to uncover some things. All of the materials, all of the photographs and just kind of the little bit of the memorabilia, mostly paper, was in a little storage room right next to where we think the fire maybe started. I don't know because we don't really know how the fire started, but at least the main hot point of it went and where the first couple of planes, well, actually where our our plane was and and then blew up, Mm -hmm. exploded. so, yeah, there wasn't a whole lot left. But it was um, an interesting process to um, to then actually really get my hands on something that had been damaged that way. Um, so some of the things, because they were in kind of a book form, um, the edges burnt. Mm-hmm. They burnt in from the edge. So the actual information in the documents was still okay. Um, so some um, old pilot um, flight books, mm-hmm. log books. Um, and we had just, I'd had a student work on that collection about a year before really? we'd taken all the photographs and put them into, um, 
more um, stabilized rather than just the say the um, the uh, photograph album that you buy right. you know at, at right. Walmart or something. We we gave them some more preservation type housing, um, and it was a student project that that worked on it. And then we taken them back out there. Um, so so some of them survived, but a lot of them are just in really bad shape. Where are they now? Um, actually, um, I have some at home because we don't have, um, we know we have the new hangers, right. but we don't yet have an office and a lobby. That's part of the progress of rebuilding. That will come. Um, <laughs> I have no doubt. It will. Um, so some of them I have at home. And um, actually, I have a couple in a boxes in my office downstairs because um, one of the things we do in my class is talk about disaster planning mm-hmm. and or what happens to a document when something, you know, when they're flooded or, or, or burnt, um, and then what do you have to do to recover them? So I've turned that frown upside down and made a kind of a teaching element um, out of it. Are so. you and your husband flying? Oh, mm, actually, my husband's flying right now. Is he? <laughs> um, and you must be a licensed where. pilot as well. No, I okay. am. No, I'm he not. Is. Um, he is. Um, I love it, but I don't. I don't know that I can do that many things at once uh-huh. <laughs> um, in my head, and <laughs> um, I love to go. Uh-huh. Um, so we we have replaced our plane, but um, it's kind of uh, well, no, it's all put really put back together. Um, we we just um, it's we're having some repair work done to it, and okay. but it is here at the hangar, so that was. Fun well, I know to we're going to get onto this here, history so. in a second, but I okay. keep coming up. <laughs> So I want to know where you like to go on vacation. When you are leaving here and you're going to go, do you like to go to places full of history or do you like to just escape and go sit on a beach? Um, or do you I, even yeah, get to go? I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I like to go sit, not necessarily on a beach. I'm kind of more of a northern girl. Mm-hmm. I like my yeah. pine trees and my yeah. cabins and lakes and um, we have a little camper that I absolutely love, but I love the, um, I love how that geography connects to a history of an area. Mm-hmm. Um, um, we go North Minnesota, Wisconsin a lot. I am a huge um, crazy freak about Yellowstone. We've been practically every year oh of, my gosh. since I was probably 12, wow. um, um, to the point where my son probably will never go get, no, he, he, <laughs> he loves it too. He actually ended up working out there when he was in college, but um History of but a different we all, type. We love yeah. the West. Yes, and yeah. um, I think, but that I think that that always relates to me. Just um, I'm fascinated by um, personal histories and mm-hmm. especially um, the discovery of the West. Yes, the pioneer, the wagon trains. What possessed someone yes. to leave all the comforts of home? Yes. And, well, maybe the home wasn't comfortable, um, yeah. and go. That far could I do that? That's right. my thing. I right. was wonder could I put on the bonnet and yes. the boots and all that and go. There's a great book at the the uh, Warren County Public Library, uh, and I just happened to find it one day because I'm kind of fascinated by the West as well. And and it was it was the women's diaries, of course. And oh, absolutely. And the incredible. The incredible. Um, it was different, much different for the women, and they left everything. They buried a lot of babies by the side of the road. They, I could, yes. I could read it forever. I could read it. And, and, and then I find myself asking myself, how would I have performed 
in that scenario. Could I handle it? Could I, could yeah, I have handled emotionally, it? Emotionally, and not just physically, but yes. emotionally. And so There's many a play of in them, that, I think. So many of them, you're reading their journals yes. all the way, and then they get to Oregon, mm -hmm. and maybe they've been there, built their house, they've been there for a few months, winter studying in, mm -hmm. and then they actually start talking about the baby yes. that was born in Idaho right. on the trail, or the baby that they lost right. in the middle of Wyoming. I mean, they give yeah. birth one day, they're walking the next. Yes, yes. I'm really just, fascinated by that. That, um, I don't necessarily think, I don't want to say the hardship of life, because that's what life was like. Mm -hmm. So, but that, just that real on the ground, yeah. So, what do you teach here <laughs> in history here at Monmouth College? Yeah. <laughs> Um, so, um, I teach, uh, I'm in the history department, mm -hmm. um, but I teach a class in archival science. Okay. Um, so how to manage archives. What does it mean to be an archivist? What are those theoretical principles of what makes something unique? Um, what do we keep or not keep? Um, how do we decide what to keep? Um, mm -hmm. what, what do we do to it once we keep it? How do we arrange it? Um, how do we take care of it? What do we do when disaster strikes? Yes. Um, getting down to the nitty gritty of like the physical properties of a document, especially another thing that I absolutely love is photography. Um, the, not that I understand all the chemistry behind it, but but the um, the history of photography um, mm -hmm. as a technique, um, those types of things. So that's kind of the the base class. And then, um, or the prereq to, if um, a student so chooses to go forward with that, um, then we have a, a practicum class. So they're spending the whole semester hands-on with some project um, that's in the archives. Because um, there's always work to be done mm -hmm. um, in there, pointing to the room next to us, which is where the archives are. Um, and then also I, um, the kind of the capstone of that experience, um, the next one would be uh, an internship where they actually step out from our archives um, and kind of step away from my hovering uh, a mm -hmm. little bit and get into a real life situation um, and hopefully out in the community where they can then understand how it's part of helping a community. Mm -hmm. um, I've had um, some, actually I had a student go to Knox once. Um, I'm, well, I had a student go down and to the Methodist Church. Mm -hmm. um, yes. A local girl, Bailey Shimon, Bailey. went down. We really enjoyed having and her. She, when you were doing your um, yeah. renovation, and, and she kind of got you organized a little. She so. very much got us organized. I'm not yeah. sure we would have gotten there without yeah. her, really, yeah. because so. she knew what she was doing. And she's just, <laughs> And we yeah. were kind of, you know, we, we were organizing into piles, but she knew what to do with them. And she learned, learned so much along the way. Oh, she's um, on the verge of she's applying to library school at uh, really? University of Illinois boo and University of Iowa <laughs> for next year she's a senior this year so. well you know Lynn we need to probably wind this uh, up but uh, you oh. know I think we probably have we could probably talk some more oh, and I think we will I think okay. we will so so listen do you have any if people uh, do you have any special interests that that people would be might not know that that you enjoy or is your life well, you've mentioned one big one, and that's the flying. The flying is, that's something that, that yeah, we're so anxious we don't get to, to do. Get, to get back into that. And mm -hmm. um, it's so, it's so, um, 
there's so many circumstances that, you know, it's too windy, it's right. raining, um, right. that type of thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm, it's just a neat perspective. I love that. I went on a, a trip um, with some family once who had a big sailboat up on the Great Lakes. And I thought that was what I, that was my takeaway, that perspective of seeing, of living on a boat, you know, when you're so landlocked, you know, just like looking from yeah. the middle of a lake to land. That's what I love about flying is looking down and getting that perspective and the whole geography. Um, it really fits into it. your work, doesn't it? And I don't know. I just do kind of your normal librarian things, uh, garden and just knit. And so, oh, I kind of, my newest big thing, which I never thought I'd be able to do, is upholstery. And I'm actually kind of into boat boats and car upholstery. My goodness. Um, kind of just starting uh, to get a feel for it. We got my big industrial sewing machine and I'm kind of, I'm uh, um, experimenting on a, a good friend's uh, pontoon boat, but it's all coming together really well. And I just, I love that. Again, it's that hands-on, it's organizing, it's taking a pattern and figuring it out, putting it um, all together. So, Well, Linda, residence, uh, Renaissance woman, <laughs> oh, it has been you. a thrill for me to thank get you. to talk to you and, and yeah. uh, know you a little more. And, um, we're going to wind it up for this edition of Prairie Tales, but we hope that you'll join us um, next month and let us know what you're thinking. And we really uh, enjoy bringing this program to you today. So for Prairie Tales, I'm Kathy Shagrin, and we will see you again next month. And that, friends, is where this tale ends. Prairie Tales is a production of the Buchanan Center for the Arts in Monmouth, Illinois. If you enjoyed our podcast, look for more content on Instagram at Buchanan Center and on Facebook at BCA Monmouth. Email us with questions and suggestions for future episodes at prairietalespodcast at gmail.com. Remember, not all history is found in a book. Sometimes it's found in the stories we tell. Just listen to the sound of the prairie and you too might hear a tale.